Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So why do you need a church? Why do you need a pastor? Well, you need one for those of us that are pastors and elders here to teach you. Number two, you need someone to protect you. See, a pastor is a shepherd. We want to protect you from being deceived. Every Christ follower should have a home church where they are being fed spiritually, being protected, and when they serve. Have you ever wondered why church is that important? Or have you thought that you could do church on your own? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage all listeners to find a home church centered around the Word of God. The church is more than just a weekly devotion given by a man in leadership. The church is designed to strengthen, protect, challenge, and hold accountable. Also, in our day and age when Christianity is under such attack, the church provides a place to consistently bring truth to its members. Be careful today not to undervalue the church and its role in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message entitled, The Signs of the End of the World. you've never asked Christ into your heart, or you're backslidden big time, you need to make it right today. Quit being deceived. Quit thinking your church membership equals heaven. It does not. There has to be a vibrant relationship. That's why the number one thing to keep you from being deceived and me from being deceived is become a real Christ follower. Now, turn to John 14. You're right nearby. What happens when Jesus Christ comes into my life? What happens when Christ comes into your life? Well, something incredible. Not only do I get my sins forgiven, not only does God give me a new start in life, old things are passed away, all things become new. There's proof in my life that I've really become a Christian. My life has changed. Not perfect, certainly not. But I now look like Christ in many ways. Well, when the Holy Spirit comes into my life, look at chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Jesus says, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of, tell me, tell me, truth. So what does that mean? The moment I'm regenerated, the Holy Spirit comes into my life, and I have the spirit of truth living inside me. So I don't have to worry about being deceived now. If I listen to the spirit of truth, if my heart doesn't get hard, if I have a good conscience and it's open to hearing the spirit, then I don't have to worry. I can then, not only do I have the spirit of truth, but 
He gives me instruction as to how to date properly, who to marry, how to be a good husband, a godly wife, a good parent, a good employee, how to get to heaven. All the things that bring purpose and meaning to my life happen because the Holy Spirit comes in. He's the spirit of truth. Then, listen, listen, then I'm not searching for something and easily deceived. You get it. Because I'm at peace. Understand this morning, you can have peace. And if you'll have peace then you won't be trying to find the latest whatever. And if I'm not out trying to find that, then I'm not easily deceived because I'm already filled with purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Now, number two, you might think this one's strange. (laughs) Number two, know that you can be deceived. Spiritual warfare is real. 1 Timothy chapter 4, you see it. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These are not people on the street. These aren't people that have never understood anything about God. These are people in our churches that don't have a relationship with God. And they're easily deceived because they've never been grounded in the word of God. You see, as we move along in end times, there'll be more cults, more isms, more false teachings, more false teachers. We're going to continue to see more and more liberal teaching in our churches that never mention sin, holiness, hell, Or repentance. When I have the Holy Spirit in me, I have a spirit of discernment. If you watch Christian TV, and some of the favorite teachers that are on there today, there's wonderful teachers in the body of Christ. Charles Stanley, Chuck Swindoll, David Jeremiah, I mean, Andy Stanley. I mean, they're all over the place. Ed Young. I mean, there's great Bible teachers. John MacArthur, Chuck Smith. There's great Bible teachers. But be careful who you are. Some of them, I won't name names. Some of the most important programs, the most common programs, you will never hear the word sin. You will never hear the word repentance. You will never hear the word hell. And you absolutely will never hear anything about holiness. Be very careful. You should be discerning. Number three, how do I keep myself from being spiritually deceived? Number three, know all your Bible. I ask you today, and I say this kindly here in Enviera. If you came in and had to raise your hand for a Bible, that's okay. Maybe you're not used to bringing a Bible. Or if you came in and went right to the bookshelf and got your Bible when you came in, let me ask you a question. Where is your Bible? See, if you don't know the truth, you will be easily deceived. So you have to have your Bible. You have to study your Bible. That's what we do here. And you have to understand, bring it with you. Have it with you. Read it during the week. I challenge you to do that. You see, Psalm 119 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. You just don't need the word when you walk into church. You can't get in too much trouble here. But for some of you, this is the only time you pull your Bible out. No, the trouble comes when you walk out the door. Could I hear an amen about that? You already know that, don't you? Turn with me in your Bibles. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy, toward the end of the Bible. 2 Timothy 
chapter 4. Why is knowing the Old Testament and the New Testament important? Pastor Mark, when you teach on the Old Testament, eh, come to church too much. I don't like the Old Testament. Well, where, where did satanic deception start? In the New Testament or the Old Testament? Start in the Old Testament. So I need to learn those things so I can be astute to them. The Bible's powerful. It's unbelievable. Look what Paul says to Timothy. 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy is there. One book after 2 Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 2. Notice, if you've never underlined this word in your Bible, underline. preach, circle this word. The word. Not word, the. The. Not Mark's word. Not a little bit of the word. The word. It's all the word of God. Paul says to Timothy, preach it. Preach the word. Not, the, not your little favorite thing, Tim, but the word of God. All of it. Then he says this, be prepared in season and out of season. Doesn't matter. And you'll see why he says that. Now notice what he says next. Tim, when you teach the word, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now, if I never mention sin, how could I correct? How could I rebuke? How could I cover the Bible? Well, I couldn't. So, I'm to do all of this. Well, why is that challenge given to Timothy? Well, because of verse 3 and 4. Look at it. For the time will come. By the way, we are at the time right now. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound Doctrine. What is sound doctrine? It's truth. Sin, salvation, the blood of Christ, the second coming, be holy as I'm holy. All those are foundational. The word of God is all true. It's not just a nice good book. He says they'll not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them. Here's the scary part for us. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. Anyone that reads the Bible and says sin is no longer here is clueless. And that there's no Satan? If they say there's no Satan, what have they said that Jesus is? Jesus is a liar. So they're clueless, and yet they call them followers of Christ. Why? Because wherever they went to church, they never were taught the Word of God, or they were taught it, but they never learned it. Now, this is far from a perfect church, but you will hear the Word of God here. And it's not just hearing. You have to be doers of the Word. You must be doers. Otherwise, we... The Bible says we deceive ourselves. Now, here's the statement. You can write it down. I talked to you about it earlier. Truth, by definition, is narrow. The big thing that people argue about today, Jesus is the only way to God. Well, that can't be right. No, truth is narrow. He is the only way to God. It's not just the cults that are deceptive. But many churches and pastors are deluding the word of God. Let me give you a quote from somebody which I think will shock you. As I said to you, 
I don't try to talk against people, but you need to be discerning. There's a group of people that promote prosperity, hundredfold, always after your money, everything's going to be great, you should be rich, all these things. In John 19, here's the verse. When the soldiers that crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among them, among the four of them. They took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from the top to the bottom. Now, there's a very popular prosperity teacher. He's on our television. He takes that verse, and here's what he says. Because this piece of clothes, as Jesus was being beaten, was seamless, woven in one piece, he says, Jesus, number one, was rich, so we should all be rich. And number two, Jesus wore designer clothes. Now, we laugh, but that's blasphemy. Jesus wore designer clothes as he's being beaten? God help us. See, it's sad to promote a false doctrine. And people are listening to it, buying the books. I can show you this man's name. I won't. He's well known in circles that you don't want to be a part of. Jesus said he became poor for our sake. He had no place to lay his head. See, people are afraid to share the truth of God in love. They're afraid to mention hell and sin. But I've discovered this. When I teach the whole word of God, it makes healthy people. Now, we're not into fire and brimstone. You see, we have to understand as we move through this, there's going to be more tolerance for error and unbiblical teaching. It's just going to increase, increase, increase. Well, how far will it increase? As tolerance for evil increases, there's going to come a day when people are going to cry out, can somebody bring peace to this world? Oh, there'll be a somebody. His name's the Antichrist. If you look right in the middle of the tribulation, you'll see him. He'll come before that. He's a man filled with Satan. And he's going to come onto this world. By the way, just before he comes, the church is raptured. We're out of here. We're gone. We're into heaven. Well, when he comes, he's going to be a man of peace. He's going to deceive the nations. He's going to deceive the Jewish people again. He's going to allow them to build their temple in Jerusalem. And then comes the middle of that tribulation, which is called the abomination that causes desolation. We'll talk about it. And the Jewish people are going to go, "Uh uh-oh. We started with the verse where the Jewish people didn't realize Jesus when he came his first coming. They're going to be wrong again. And their eyes will be open. And they realize that the person they crucified on the cross was the real Messiah. So this deception is just going to continue and continue and continue until we have this Antichrist who is the ultimate demonized, deceptive individual empowered by Satan. It's coming. We know it's going to happen. Jesus speaks about it. Number four, not only do I need to know my Bible, but I need, if I'm not going to be deceased spiritually, I need to know the purpose of the church. Why did God establish the church? And what's with this pastor-teacher deal? Very often I'll hear somebody say this to me. I'll say to you, to go to church. Well, no. Uh, I, I don't need to go to church. I'm a Christian. I don't need to go to church. I don't listen to a pastor. I just teach myself. You'll hear that often. 
You know what? The minute I hear that, I can't say this to them, but here's what I like to say. You're clueless. You don't know anything about the Bible. You don't know about the church. You don't know anything. You think you've taught yourself. You're ignorant of the Bible. Now, how do I say that? Because God established the church and God established pastor teachers. He's never changed the pattern. Here we are in Ephesians. You see it on the overhead. Look at this. Now, there are gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastor teachers. That's a gift that I have that God's given me and many other people. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. Who's that? Hello? That's you guys. Vera, that's you. That's you. Vera, I can see you. Raise your hand if that's you. That's you. That's you. That's good. 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 So what's my role? Well, my role is what? To equip you to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This person says, I don't need to go to church. Well, then he's not going to be equipped. And he can't be built up. And he can't be mature. And you're going to see in a moment... He's going to fall to deception. They're clueless. He's been deceived by his own self-worth. It goes on. This will continue until 1948, and we don't need churches anymore. Is that what it says? No, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. By the way, you're a work in progress. So am I. How long will I need a church? Forever. By the way, when does the church end? It ends at the rapture. Church is gone. And then things change. The last seven years change. The church won't be there anymore. But right now, the church is the mechanism to mature believers and protect them. Notice, here's the the goal, verse 14. Then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Hello, We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So why do you need a church? Why do you need a pastor? Well, you need one for those of us that are pastors and elders here to teach you. Number two, you need someone to protect you. See, a pastor is a shepherd. We want to protect you from being deceived. Every Christ follower should have a home church where they are being fed spiritually, being protected, and when they serve. If you're here today and you're just visiting, that's fine. But if you're here and next week you go to church A and the following week you go to church C and the next week you go to church D and you don't have a church where the shepherd is your shepherd, you're wrong. Find you a church where you can submit to the leadership of that church as they follow God, not a man, as they follow God. And you get yourself in there, you grow, you mature, you can call somebody your shepherd, your pastor. Of course, the great shepherd is God. If you don't, you'll always be this person that's into this wind and that doctrine and this one and over here and traveling up to Tallahassee and over here to Pensacola and out to the California, down to South America. You'll be always looking for something. No, the church got established to teach us. My greatest desire is when I'm in heaven, you'll come by me and the other pastors because you're there and you'll say this. Thanks for teaching us God's word. Thanks for protecting us. That's my greatest pleasure.
that I'll be in heaven with you. My greatest fear is some of you will not own up to your need of a church and a local group of human people who are teaching God's word. And many of you will miss heaven because eventually you become deceived. Turn with me to Psalm 23 and we'll finish this morning. Psalm 23, middle of Old Testament. Hang on, in four minutes we'll be done. But you want to learn this this morning. Psalm 23. David, a shepherd, wrote the psalm. He knew about shepherds. He understood the benefits, the dangers. Certainly today, our great shepherd is God. It's not me. It's not one of the other pastors or the elders. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Notice, I shall not want. This shows me purpose and contentment and fulfillment. See, one of the dangers of a person that gets deceived is they're searching always for something new to fulfill them. No, the Lord's my shepherd. It doesn't mean I can't want a new TV or one of these things. But at bottom line, I'm not deceived by that stuff. I'm at peace because I have contentment. Verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Because the shepherd is watching for us, our Heavenly Father. There's no need for anxiety. There's no need for panic. We have rest and comfort and direction. We're never outside of his loving care. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Restoration. Godly direction. No exhaustion. His mercies are new every morning. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, by the way, we all will, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's a picture of correction and protection. No fear of death. As we follow the shepherd, we will not be deceived by Satan's lies. If you're the sheep, you feel more comfortable? I hope so. Look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now that's prosperity. God's there. He's ministering to us. There's friendship. There's a relationship. Verse 6. Here it is. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I'm at peace. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's hope for right here and hope for the future. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that as a Christ follower, it's crucial to know the purpose of the church and role of your pastor. Why? Because both can be such a valuable resource in the life of a believer. The church was designed to be a blessing, not a burden. Have you distanced yourself from the church because of laziness or a bad experience? Find a church home that isn't ashamed to teach the Word of God. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What signs can we expect to see that will enlighten us that the end of the world is near? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of multiple signs to be watchful for. As we get closer to the end, the more frequent and intense world events will become. The expectancy of these events and awareness of them should only motivate us to draw nearer to the Lord and share His good news with all. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Let us hear